welcome to the Reverse Psychology Rewind. This is a bonus episode discussing the recently released new season of Frasier. It's episode 8, The Bee Story. If you haven't watched that episode, go ahead and watch it, or don't. Either way, we're going to be here with a podcast full of spoilers. I'm Curtis Sheck, and joining me is Ryan Sansone. Curtis, I am so thankful that we do not have to suffer through a Thanksgiving episode on the day of Thanksgiving. What a treat from the good people of Frasier. They definitely spared us from a very special holiday episode where inexplicably all of the cast members who really shouldn't be connected are having Thanksgiving together. <laughs> Do you think that they should have just waited a week? It's weird to drop it on Thanksgiving Day and it'd be, oh, it was almost the opposite of a Thanksgiving episode. It's it's streaming, so they can drop it anytime. It doesn't really matter. The last episode we're going to get is Reindeer Games. We're going to end on a Christmas episode is my guess. So I think they maybe wanted to time it so that landed before Christmas. Which it will. But they could have just started a week earlier. I mean, I yeah, options. So I don't know. I don't know why they, they chose this schedule, but you know, maybe Maybe they just did it to torture us. It's interesting because all of the themes of Thanksgiving kind of would have worked with the Frasier Freddy relationship, but I'm also like obviously glad we didn't do it. That kind of episode has to be pretty heartfelt at the end in a way that I don't think is going to work well with these two. Right. So I'm again, I'm glad we didn't do it. It's just why why are we dropping it today? They probably can't do a Thanksgiving episode in this season because they would have to explain why Daphne and Niles aren't present. True. But David is. Well, they pro- they probably didn't know it was Thanksgiving either. That's fine, but like drop it on Black Friday or like you don't have to oh, commit I see what to doing every Thursday. Like, why, like, why did we do why did we do Thursdays? Like you could have picked Wednesdays or whatever. No, no. I mean that one this one episode doesn't have to drop on Thanksgiving Day. You can push it a week, you can push it to Saturday. There's you have options. Did you watch this on the day it was released? Did you interrupt your Thanksgiving Day to watch this episode? I did not interrupt my Thanksgiving Day. I did watch it Thanksgiving evening. My uh my wife, who's been on the pod before, Courtney, she her family eats at like at like as soon as you wake up, they do Thanksgiving lunch. It's crazy to me. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, we got there at noon, and I think the food was out by 12.15. Whoa. Yeah, I had to unbutton the, the button of my pants by 12.25. 1230? I don't know. They don't do like everyone sitting at one table. It's like, here's your buffet of food out. Grab it whenever is convenient for you. So for me, that was immediate. It was a problem. Was there a lot of people? There's a good amount. I mean, there was about as many as we would do at any Thanksgiving. Like my family does the, you set dinner for six o'clock. You eat somewhere like at 830 because things have gone awry. That's horrifying. Uh, uh, And we do it all at one table and, you know, yada, yada. I would say it's about the same amount of people. My my family does a buffet style serving but it's not like like it's not just like we set it up get it when you want like it's literally we set it up everybody gets in line like we all just eat right then why don't you just do the family table classic thanksgiving style my new sister-in-law because they just got married friend of the show hannah because this was not her first thanksgiving with us she apparently told her parents the first thanksgiving with us it turns out you can have warm food on thanksgiving because she was used (laughs) to what you're describing where all the food sits on the table on a plate and gets passed around and it's all cold by the time it gets to you and you get to start eating. Or I think she also said like, maybe maybe there was another version where it was a buffet, but like everybody made their plate, sat down and waited for everybody else's plate to be completed. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, no, my family, we do the buffet style, but my mom has set up these like heater units. So all the food stays warm. And then as soon as you sit down, you just start eating. We're not waiting for everybody else to go through the line. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how Court's family does it. It's madness. It's the best. I hate it. 
<laughs> Why do you hate it? You're, there's supposed to be rigmarole. There's supposed to be problems. You want the pomp and circumstance of it all? A hundred percent. It's Thanksgiving. I'm already. I've already uh, resigned to eating turkey. There might as well be some complications. We also did a lot of trash talking of New Frasier because all of my family have been watching us. You won't believe it. None of my family watched New Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> that is so- somehow not surprising. There's a good chance that the event I was at, no one had seen a minute of Frasier other than myself. Courtney's family, they're not Frasier people beginning to end. That's just... I don't, I don't think so. I'd be I could surprised. see your, uh, your, your Pittsburgh family. I could see a world in which maybe they watched it or enjoyed it or were fans. Uh, Courtney's family, not a chance. Unlikely. I don't, I'd be surprised if my family watched it either, but yeah. I want to hear some of the feedback from the family, what they didn't, what they haven't liked. Is it the same stuff that we haven't liked or do they have different uh, concerns? Or Ethan and Hannah, they abstain from, from speaking publicly about their, their thoughts. My mom, she has been both watching the show and listening to the podcast. And so she was saying a lot of things that sounded very familiar. And honestly, it was an awkward conversation because I was sitting there going, huh, I have some things to say, but I've said them. (laughs) I've said everything there is to say, as far (laughs) as I'm concerned, on this podcast. So I just felt like, and at one point I did sort of chime in and say something. And my mom's like, oh, yeah, you did say that on your podcast. Like, yeah. What about Crazy Kenny? Has he? What was his thoughts? He, you know, he messaged me a couple weeks ago because he's been catching up on the podcast. He he was a little behind, and so he was just wrapping up season eleven and thinking, should I watch New Frasier so I can listen to the bonus episodes? And I gave him my honest reaction, which was, I don't know that it's worth it, man. Uh, you know, you're, if anyone asks you, should should they watch New Frasier? You go, yes, and then you can listen to our podcast and you'll have a good time. I think I told him you can listen to the podcast without watching it. Hashtag no pod, baby. <laughs> you mean, wait, what? No pod. Oh, sorry, hashtag pod only. Hashtag no pods. Um, Here's my pitch to anyone. It's 10 episodes. And you, yeah. can come, you can come sit with us, listen. Guess what? We'll have to watch it twice. So you can just listen to us be miserable twice. Worst case. And you know what? Yeah. You might like some of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I definitely think that everyone I talked to seemed a little bit sad that it wasn't better. I feel like you and I have sort of come to appreciate it on its own terms. Not saying it's a great show, but you know, it's it's got its moments and it's watchable. Well, uh, should we finally talk about the thing that they dropped on Thanksgiving? Yes, please. <laughs> To start us off, the first thought I had when I put this episode on and the opening scene where it's very clear David is not just an extra sitting at a desk, but is actively part of this episode. I was like, oh, God, this is a David episode, isn't it? Oh, no. (laughs) Right away, you're keyed and you're like, damn it, David's in the A plot. This sucks. We've avoided this all season. We've managed to keep him limited to a few small scenes, and here we are. He's going to be a focal point. Yeah, yeah. I had, obviously, I had a sort of cringe reaction. It's been nice not really having him very involved lately. Yeah. Uh, and even as we start this episode, it's like, oh, another David bit. Okay. He does something um, consistently throughout the series that I did not notice until somebody pointed out to me, and now that I have to experience it, I'm going to share this with you and the rest of the world. I'm fine with hating David more. That, that's not a problem. He refers to Frazier as uncle. Yeah. Like, that's just what he calls him. Like, he'll just say, hey, uncle. Or, why did you give me a B, uncle? Like, he just always calls him uncle. Like, not Uncle Frazier. Just yeah. uncle. Thank you, uncle. It's very creepy. Well, to be fair, none of my uncles are one of my four best friends. 
So I don't know <laughs> if I was hanging out that much with one. May- maybe I don't know. Maybe I'd do that. I, th- I think if you were uh, that friendly with your uncle, you would start calling him Fraser. I think I would question my decisions, but I would always call my uncle, uncle, whatever. Or just have a conversation without referring to them at all. Like you don't yeah, have to well, <laughs> acknowledge their name in order or their title there, in order to there talk to them. I also did not love that in in this episode we get our first real reference to Niles. The way David talks about Niles, it sounds like Niles is a hard ass of a father, like a real, real like get an A or you're dead to me kind of a dad. My father's going to be so angry. I can hear him now. David, I'm sending you to trade school. I mean, we don't know what these 20 years have been like. I mean, we do not. It's entirely possible that that some shit went down after Fraser left and that he had to become a hard ass. Like you you don't know what his his path in life has been. Maybe without Fraser checking him all the you time. You don't think Daphne would check him though? Yeah, you have to assume he's not hanging out with Roz. Marty dies and Fraser stops hanging out with him. Recently though. <laughs> Whatever. Marty didn't die 20 years ago. He died like this well, year. I also don't think Marty hangs out with Niles one-on-one. I don't think we've seen that yet in the Upside Down. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's just Daphne checking him. And we know in season 11, he does a lot of shady things to avoid her. Maybe they just kind of stop hanging yeah. out. You know, and he becomes this weird you know drunk hard ass or something the sherry runs dry i'm not opposed to this being believable as a a trait of him as a father i just don't like it it just bothers me that he would turn into the the kind of jerk that david is not only afraid of how he'll react to a a b but ready to quit school over how much he is worried about his father's reaction it's likely that he's like a kid assuming his dad's reaction will be much bigger because this is something he hasn't really faced in his career so he's probably built it up in his head because of weird offhand remarks that Niles has made. It could say more about David than it does about Niles. It just bothered me. It just felt like we're the only time we're going to really reference Niles, it's not going to be like, he's a great dad, but instead he's He's a monster. Yeah, we're, this tracks with what we've seen. And what mm. we know in the Frasier universe, how they feel about dads. Yeah, well, you're not wrong about that. And also, if we look at the only real comment Frasier has towards this. Have you ever gotten a B, Uncle? Well, since I'm not at the bottom of the Charles with rocks in my pockets, I suppose. <laughs> Which is not what, obviously, young David needed to hear in that moment. Yeah, we get another character that I feel is a little bit ruined by this. Sarah. Sarah comes back. She's this girl that presumably they're dating or at least they're like good friends i was excited to see her back i was too i was excited i wanted her to be like weird and quirky but instead she was like like jealous and controlling we did see she's basically female david and he is pretty jealous sure he's not controlling because he's an idiot but jealous we've definitely seen from him Yes. I just I I feel like there's so much more delight we could get out of her and instead we get an unpleasant version. Yeah. I'm so ready to study for the who the hell is this? It's nobody. I'm Freddie's cousin we we met. You're his uh... study buddy. And I thought we were exclusive. Do you, I we I assume she's done for the season. If she's not it means a lot more David. Weird weird bring back. If if that's her only move is like a half scene. This might be one of those areas where um, this is hurting from the fact that they're writing them all in one go and then filming them all in one go and then editing them all in one go. It, you know, in classic Frasier, you know, they had so many episodes a season, they would write them while they were filming them, while they were editing an episode. And and they would have feedback from audiences as the season oh, aired so they could react to, they'd be like, oh, that that actor was amazing. Let's bring them back. You know, you have like 
instant feedback that you can instantly put back into the show. Whereas by the time this character is filmed, they've already written every line she's going to have. And they don't have the opportunity to go, oh, shit, she kind of worked. We can make use of this. Let's bring her back in a fun way. Maybe we'll see her in season two. Maybe maybe she'll be scorned in episode 10. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So that's in the dorm, which also has uh, another strange choice, a gay incest joke. God, did I sleep here? Oh, buddy, there wasn't much sleeping. Wait. That's right. We banged all night. The paper out. I don't know why I phrased it like that. It's just weird. It's just weird. Okay. I mean, they could be. She doesn't know. We also don't know what, where she's been. Where she's yeah, been. She might be from, you know, somewhere where that's very normal. Unfortunate, but normal. I don't know. Pittsburgh. No. <laughs> Go a little south or a little west, sure. But no, not Pittsburgh. <laughs> In the bar, we, we begin with this idea that Freddy, when he's drunk, is wicked smart. Yeah, did you like this? Where did you land with this bit? Well, in my notes here, I wrote, fuck all the way off. Does that tell you <laughs> so anything? You loved it. <laughs> I think it's, it's a funny concept, and I maybe could see it. It didn't read as funny to me. If he seemed like a real dummy, and then we're finding out actually he's really smart, or if we've had an arc of his whole thing is that he's hiding how smart he is, this might be some kind of payoff. But he always seemed like a relatively smart guy who was also a firefighter. But now suddenly he's pretending to be dumb, but a genius? Like Now, he's, he, when he's not drunk, he's approachable. He talks about normal stuff. He hides his nerdy interests. And then he gets drunk and he wants to talk about the nerdy stuff he never talks about. That might work, if not for the scene later, where David gets uh, another B on his makeup paper that Frazier graded. And Freddie helped him with that paper and is real defensive, like, whoa, what do you mean you gave a B? That was a good paper. And he gets weird because he doesn't want to reveal to Frazier that he's, like, well-read and smart. And so he just kind of gives up the argument and says, you guys are brainiacs. Uh, you know, I, all I know is fire hot, water cold. But uh, you didn't think there was something kind of stirring about the section tying Sinner's foundation of behaviorism to Ernst Mach's view on mediating structures or, like, whatever? Why are you so invested? in David's paper. I'm not. You are. What? I go Pats. Whatever, dweebs. His dad gave him a B on a paper. He was upset. Mm. I actually, I thought the concept is fine. The I didn't like the way the firemen reacted to it. Or they we we once again made them super dumb. Uh, except for the big guy, he's like kind of not dumb, kind of dumb. It's just the the way that they play off each other in that scene didn't work for me very well. Well, it's also the first time we see them react negatively to anything. Yeah. His, his close-up Which, magic. Why, why does everyone hate close-up magic in this world? If you're drunk, if you're drunk at a bar, close-up magic's great. I don't know why people pretend to hate close-up magic or any magic in general. I feel like magic and magicians are often the the butt of a joke and the punchline to obviously obnoxious person nobody wants to be around. This is the magic trick, huh? Illusion, Michael. Mm. Trick is something a whore does for money. But magic is delightful. Well, especially if it's hack magic and you can tell what's going on or he's super annoying, fine. But if this is just you're drunk and he starts pulling out some close-up magic, that's great. What, yeah. what a great character trait. I don't get it. Everyone reacted to it horribly. Hated they don't react part. horribly to his boring-ass smart guy talk. Like, that's the thing they should be like, oh my god, we don't care. We're talking about the football yeah, game. Yeah, they were totally, totally fine with it. They were actually, they were impressed by it. Yeah, and, and then he does something that would be genuinely entertaining, and they're like, Ugh, stop it. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. And then Eve, even later, Eve is annoyed with that in the upside down, or in the, in the scrambled egg scene. In fairness, at that point, he's not really doing a trick. 
she's just trying to go home and he's he's just like asleep at her bar so <laughs> i thought it was fun uh, yeah i mean it was i thought i thought even that was funny okay drunk smart freddy's the most comfortable i've felt with freddy all season yeah i mean at least he's not just being a dick yeah so yeah. i'll give him that alcohol fixed all of his character flaws <laughs> i do think the acting, the drunk acting was a little rough. And we don't have the excuse he's a bad actress like Eve. Right, yeah. It's just not well done. And maybe maybe the whole premise would have landed better for me if it was executed better. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a world where this could work well. Despite the acting, I was I was in on the storyline. Okay. So we get our touching scene of the episode. Was this that? I think it was what it was trying to be. I don't know if it worked, but... It felt a little out of character for Freddy to just stop by to see how he's doing. I feel like for to be out of character, Freddie would have to have a character. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Does he just look up to Freddie? Does he just see Freddie as successful and therefore... If he's not going to ace Harvard, his only option is to become a firefighter. Well, he got in good with the firemen guys when he hung out that one day. Why didn't they bring that up? Why didn't they play on the idea that he's got like he he enjoyed his time at the firehouse? Why? Because it's sad to say my only friends are firemen I met once who thought I was an uh, orphan, and my only other friend thinks I'm having gay sex with my cousin. Yeah, it's sad to hit those beats over over the yeah. Head. It just was too long. It was just another scene. I was like, oh my god, I get it. There, he's. Being nice to him. So what did what did you think about the the crux of it? Where they're where they're talking about what it means to be a crane. And I see that. the idea that there's some kind of a a problem with fathers and sons in terms of uh, expecting too much. Okay, let's. Here's why this seems hilarious. Okay, because the the whole point is they talk about what it means to be the son of a crane, right? To be in the crane family yeah. and how that when you're when you're a crane you. And you have to always reach for the next thing. Mm-hmm. What they're describing is something every human goes through. Like the normal behavior for humans as a whole. But because of who they are, they're like, this is something only cranes deal with. Only us two can possibly <laughs> relate to this very normal behavior. That, and they, that is funny. They really harp on it. And they talk, literally both of them talk about dropping out of Harvard because of this issue that they're, only they can possibly relate to. Like you psychopaths, which is one step removed from how Fraser Niles would have reacted back over, you know, whatever situation they're dealing with, where sometimes they really make a situation that's fairly normal and they go, ah, how could I possibly deal with this? This is such a me problem. Okay, here's the question, though. Do you think that the writers were cleverly setting up these two young cranes as weirdos like their father who are complete narcissists? Or do you think they thought they'd come up with a nice touching moment of bonding the cousins against their fathers? I thought, I I do not know. I think it is either really brilliant writing or incredibly, incredibly stupid. I have no idea which one. This is going to be a great opportunity when we do ultimately watch this backwards which we're gonna do and brad will be in the upside down i think revisiting this episode which i will absolutely not do if it's not for a podcast that will be really interesting to have this in the back of our minds and try and reassess on the rewatch you know is this something that the writers swung and a miss and accidentally landed on something kind of funny or was this a brilliant intentional Gag. I think both are wildly in play. Yeah, that's this. Uh, that's this show. Yeah, definitely. All right, we should talk about the main plot. Uh, Fraser wanting tenure. Yeah, we don't get a lot of Alan, which is a, a mark against this episode. But 
Um, I like that uh, <laughs> it's revealed that Frazier has a memoir he's peddling. And Alan's feedback when he read it was it needed more Alan. And I thought, yeah, more Alan. That is what this needs. The only problem with the comment is I disagree with his actual note, which is less Frazier, especially in this case. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because um, I wrote in my notes uh, in reaction to this. I thought, oh, yeah, like I, I agree with that, too, Alan. You're, you're dead on like less Frazier, because I feel like when we watch classic Frazier, that's kind of our feeling like we should have less <laughs> Frazier. He's a monster. But in this show, uh, that would be a death knell. Like you're right. Yeah, that, that'd be tough. Yeah, that'd be a tough. You definitely one. need more Fraser, if anything. More Alan, more Fraser. If they had known how great Alan would be, they could have made this entire show Alan and Fraser with maybe some bit players that show up once in a while, and it would have been a much better show. I do think Olivia's fine in this episode, um, top to bottom. And including in this in this first scene, I like her overly trying to hint to Fraser and him just having no idea what's going on. Okay. Hold on. Fraser's begging her. I want tenure. And she kind of lays out how he would need to get it and says, you know, you got to meet with this guy. You got to get him on your side. By the way, I'm meeting with him tonight. And when and where is on my calendar, which I'm leaving right here in full view of you. And he doesn't get it. And I'm just like, is Frazier that dumb? Is that what we're to believe? He can't pick up those signals. I think that I think that tracks enough. You catch Frazier in the right moment where he's really caught up with the idea of getting tenure for no reason. Yeah, he'll miss he misses signals sometimes. I, we see him even in season eleven. We see a girl like super hardcore hitting on him, and he's just like he misses the signals completely because he's so focused on something else. Well, I, I guess that's true. I was gonna say maybe this works because he spent so many years since the classic series as a celebrity that maybe he's so used to being handed everything and everybody like yes manning him that when somebody is sort of saying yes but like softly like doing it uh, quietly like that maybe he can't pick up the signal because he's used to a just an overt yes here you go yeah i think that's fair too he definitely is going to have his uh, senses dulled with with years of success do you think it makes sense that he's chasing the status symbol of full professor i don't know I, I think we're missing a line i feel like what we're missing is a moment where he sees one tiny benefit to being a full professor that would make him go that is the thing i want now i have to have it if you just have someone address alan as professor i think that would be enough yeah, yeah I, i'm i'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt let's not add four more minutes to the episode let's just assume that <laughs> happened off camera this is the scene where we get alan's other great moment actually i have a lesson right now but i've got my shoes off so now <laughs> yeah he's he's a dynamo he is well and i, I think this alan. also really uh lends credence to our existing theory that he lives in the office that he's walking around there barefoot <laughs> i will be bummed out when we when we visit alan's apartment I'm like no so we get the hijinks with the provost the provost have you uh, have you ever seen the show outsourced i have not i presume this actor was a character on that show yeah yeah got exactly one season for being a little too racist at times but uh he is He's the dumb guy in it. And uh, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, that guy. Smooth operator. Operating smooth. I definitely recognized him. I don't know what from, but he looked very familiar. He's in stuff, like, from time to time. He's a character actor, yeah. Look, they usually do have him play a, a kind of a dumb guy. So it's fun to see him be provost. Yeah. Basically, the, the, the hijinks here are that uh, he's a bit of a teetotaler and Frazier has 
inexplicably convinced him he's an alcoholic. Wow, this is the way Fraser talk. Whoa, wait, sorry, sorry. We're back in the bar. Yes. We first meet the provost at the bar with Olivia and yeah. Why did she take him to a bar if he hates It doesn't alcohol? make sense. Why is Olivia taking him to this bar other than it's where she takes everybody? When they walk in the bar, their meeting has just started. When minutes later, Fraser chases them away, he walks out with him and a moment later is back in the bar alone. Like, what was their meeting for? Why were they meeting that they just needed like two minutes to chat? I don't know what they, yeah, what they were doing at all anyway. <laughs> no idea. We also get a confusing Eve moment. Again, where a character isn't able to pick up signals. And again, I, I, I know Eve's not the brightest bulb, but when Fraser tells her, I need you to do this for me, make me sound impressive with alcohol. And she brings the alcohol over and he makes it very clear, very quickly, like, no, no, these are not for me. Like, go away, please. And she's just like doubling down. Like, the only way this works for me is if she is just like enjoying with him. Oh, that's fun. I, I always like that extra runner that that could be possible. Yeah. With Eve, it always is. You, like your issue with Freddy that he doesn't have much character, like his character is whatever it needs to be that episode. Yeah. Uh, Eve's intelligence level is the same problem where it's like she can be really smart, really with it, or she can be just totally aloof. Just depends what they need her for. The one thing I, I don't know if this is to their credit or if they just lucked into it again, but uh, I do like that Eve is a character that when she does something that doesn't quite make sense, you can kind of explain it away as either she's yeah. pretending to be an actor or she is uh, just, you know, fucking with people. Like, you've got options. Uh, yeah, I like this runner that she's just constantly fucking with them because it does kind of make sense, yeah. especially if it's subtle, like if it's really subtle since he is since he is her landlord yeah. and she's not even paying. Yeah. So she would have to be smart about it. So I like that. Let's keep with that angle. Okay. Let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt there. Because it does even make the scene way more fun, too. Yeah, we also, after this, we we get another moment of Fraser triumphant. Like, the provost visits his class and talks about what a great lecturer it was. We do not see a minute, which, again, I think is smart. Because we know these writers cannot come up with something that would be impressive in that context. What would, what would be a class where the provost is like, oh, my God, what? Does it make sense? Students at Harvard were engaged in a lecture? What? <laughs> Just does not make sense. But then we go straight from there to uh, the, the coffee scene. Love this whole scene, top to bottom. Really? Love, love Russian roulette with coffee, or with alcohol coffee. Again, I know this is a podcast that obsesses over logistics, but when they realize what the problem is, why do they take so long to just quickly check all the coffees? They're really taking their time checking those coffees. Yeah, they're just, again, this is three smart people handling an easy situation poorly. I don't know why Alan just doesn't bump the whole thing over, right? Like, well, sure. that, that seems like an easy enough move. Yeah. But I... But because we have to set up Russian roulette coffee, which is great. Yeah. A game I will be playing whenever I go back to work on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's great, man. I love that. Uh, that's the kind of office you're in. That's 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 nice. Well, it's not. That's the point. Oh, I see. That's what makes it. That's that's what adds the stakes. Actually, the only thing I didn't really love is the provost, who, again, as an actor, I do enjoy him. His love for uh, what is it? The honey bun? Yes. Honey buns. So weird. It's so weird. It's so weird, like, how aggressive he is about it. A honey bun. Is that a real pastry that people get at, like, a bakery? Or is that just that thing that comes in plastic from, like, Little Debbie's? I mean, the way he, he describes how to make one. So there, 
I mean, you have to assume Little Debbie didn't just come up with her own stuff. She stole the recipe from like some Nana somewhere, I think. I don't know. You think that oatmeal cookie they have is not specific to them? I've never seen anyone have something like that anyway. I think someone made an oatmeal cookie. Someone took that oatmeal cookie, put some cream in the middle, slapped another one on there. And then Little Debbie stopped by. She was like, oh my God, we can do this cheaper, almost as good and sell it for 55 cents. Do you think you would eat those more often if they were called giant oatmeal Oreos. I wouldn't slow me down. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I also didn't like when he takes the sip of coffee and he's like, did you put alcohol in this coffee? It's like, dude, first of all, what you detected it immediately. You don't drink alcohol, but you figured out right away that this coffee is spiked. I don't know. I think, and I think, two, hold on. I, I think uh, you can probably tell whether or not you are familiar with alcohol. You can definitely tell like that coffee tastes weird. I don't know. Coffee's pretty heavy taste. I put, I, I slipped some uh, Kahlua in my coffee the other day the other day i didn't detect it you cannot put a coffee liqueur into coffee and tell me that that is the same as a giant jug of whiskey or whatever or rum it was rum he didn't put the whole jug in he put a lot of rum really in was. there it was like half it, rum. famously famously it was rum another great alan moment he never he never misses at least in this episode yeah this is this is a great use of alan and we've had good uses of him the whole way through so i was thrilled okay what was your point two? uh was was i making a, 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 a new a numerated <laughs> Pointless. <laughs> you said uh, the first thing is that you cannot detect coffee. I don't like how quickly he detected. It was okay. like a half sip, and he was just like, "There's alcohol in this. You guys are all drunks." Okay. It's like, all right, wh- whatever. Uh, I I think they could have done some more Russian roulette high drinks there. We could have spun it a couple of times. Really, really up the stakes at least. Go big or go home. If you're going, this could have been our our big uh, fancy you know explosion scene, right? Where where it's just is a, a chaos of like switching mugs. It, it does it does feel like it could be the ender for a show. Definitely. Yeah. Like if they had come up with a way to make it a little bit more chaotic and a little bit more over the top, I think that actually could have worked better. Oh, I thought it worked great. But yeah, it's a, they made it a side dish. It could have been the main. So I think uh, in order to uh, wrap up this storyline, we have to jump back to the intersection between David and Freddie and Frasier, uh, the scene at the house. Thank you for turning this fairly linear episode into an episode of Interstellar. I'm so confused. <laughs> I know. So we, we, we came up with this plan to talk about this <laughs> in a different way, and it has made the entire affair for everybody a so nightmare. Di- it's so difficult. <laughs> we can stop doing it this way. So, okay, Frazier gets stung. He's he's worrying that he'll be spotchy. He doesn't give any indication that he's wildly allergic to bees or bee stings. He just says, my skin might get a little splotchy. So he demands an EpiPen, which I don't think that's what EpiPens do. I don't either. I also think if it did, he would have one on him. Uh, Sure, sure. Not surprising that David would have one. No. Not at all. When he gets injected with the EpiPen, Freddie's like, you need to go to the hospital because there can be side effects of that thing. I looked this up. I don't know if that's true. It's not. The reason you go to the hospital after an EpiPen is because it may not be enough to fully treat whatever symptoms you're having from the allergic reaction. Oh, so wait, that is real. Yes, but it's like an EpiPen is mostly meant to stop your throat from closing up so you can breathe. You want to get to the hospital because the thing stopping you from breathing might recur when the EpiPen wears off. It's not because the EpiPen itself 
is going to give you symptoms that make you seem drunk, which is what happens in this episode. That's not the EpiPen. That's just the bee sting. Right? Well, you, you could say that, but is that a symptom of anybody who gets a bee sting? Allergic or yeah, not? Yeah, dude, some people, some people get some crazy-ass reactions to bee stings. I don't know what the EpiPen does for them, but yeah, they, people look crazy after bee stings. Well, look crazy because they, they get like swelling and, and redness and stuff, but not because they start yeah. acting drunk. Well, That's not a thing. I'm pretty sure. Write us us at reversepsychpod at any social or at gmail.com. But uh, if I'm wrong, I will will eat crow. But I am pretty sure that is just not how that works. I assume that the way Freddy kind of said it, where he's just like, you, everyone knows that when you get stabbed with an EpiPen, you have to go to the hospital afterwards. I assume that was kind of just like a plot point thing. I didn't think that was real. So it's good to know. Also, you you breeze past the fact that David wanted to to defenestrate his uncle. I thought that was great. To what? Defenestrate. He wanted to throw him out the window. Is that a word they use in the episode? No, but that's just the action. He goes, I want to throw my, I think he said, I want to throw my uncle out the window, which is weird because it's a first floor window. Uh, And he does, I say, I will give him credit. He has one good line, which is where he says, I will throw you out that window. (laughs) We're on the first floor. I'll do it as many times as it takes. You can throw someone out a million times. They're not going (laughs) to, it's not going to work. It's the first floor. But what was that word you said? And how do you know it? Defenestrate. It means to throw someone out a window. How do you? know that funny the funniest word in the english language it is a great word it's a fraser word how do you know it i need to the answer to this question i listened to the ken jennings podcast oh there's a ken jennings podcast it's called the omnicron that's the nope that's a covid <laughs> variant <laughs> It's called something like that. Why do you listen to it? What is it about? I only listen to a couple episodes and I learned that word and I kind of stopped listening. Okay, well, fair enough. So he, he does wind up splotchy anyway and he does wind up acting drunk either because the EpiPen or because the bee was maybe had been drinking from Alan's rum and injected oh, it into... the bee was drunk? Yes. Drunk bee yes, makes Kurt. Fraser drunk. And the writers are good. I love that they have the uh, review or whatever it is they're doing to decide whether he gets tenure in his classroom. Of course, it's in his classroom. Yeah, of course. That was that was laughably stupid. Yeah. But it's yeah, whatever. I'm t- we don't need extra sets to do a nonsense scene. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you feel about it? Again, if this was wildly funny, if this was like hilarious stuff, I can forgive things not really making a lot of sense. Everything up to and including the idea that they're doing all of this in his classroom. It's hard for me to look past that stuff when it's not very funny. I don't think it's very interesting. I'm just not getting anything from this. So I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I really do like and respect the way that the Frasier episodes can take pieces to build to this big final scene like you know there's there's a lot of moments that actually lead us here and we get this weird weird payout you don't get that in a lot of other shows so it was i thought it was really nice to see it earlier in this run you you talked about wanting the big scene a la nanny g on the bed you you're saying this is the big scene it's not from the same humor level but it's the same like it's you have to do a lot of things to set up a ridiculous you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sell me on this what what are the pieces parts that add up to this happening what what am i missing so you've got you've got you've got the bee runner the whole episode Mm -hmm. right they they set up that the fact that there's bees in the apartment, Fraser gets stung, makes him look like a crazy person. You've got the fact that David got a bee in his for whatever reason, so that leads him to threatening Fraser, which leads him to holding off on the EpiPen, which leads him to having assumably worse symptoms. You've got the provost who wants the honey bun for reasons unknown because he's a small child. Uh, so you have Fraser crawling down the steps 
t- offering this honey bun, but sounding like super hammered. Great. And then all of it is the whole point is that he has to be respectable in front of this board. And instead, you have him being like, oh, and also the fact that the provost hates drunks. He looks as drunk as possible, crawling down to the provost saying, look, I should become a professor. Here's a honey bun. Great setup. I, I think all of that works fantastically. Totally disagree with you, top to bottom. And I, and I love to see it. I totally disagree with you. I feel like I, I see the connections of the threads you're, you're pulling to the, the, they get us there with, with all those things. A, I just didn't think it was very funny. And B, I don't think those are particularly clever or thoughtful threads that get us there. Well, it's the fact that there's multiple threads that lead you to this point. I get not. I don't think a lot of shows tend to do that, and maybe I'm not giving enough credit to other shows. But I don't know. It did not. It did not strike me as like, oh, this is like a innovative or or very unique way of getting to a, a final plot. It felt very by the numbers. Basically, the the whole thing is this guy doesn't like drunk people. Frazier's going to show up drunk. That's really all it is. Yes, there are other pieces parts that get us there, but I don't feel like any of them make that much sense or like that that whole like all these events conspire to make Frasier look ridiculous. That to me works great when all the pieces parts sort of make sense in the world they're living in. I feel like everything's contrived to get us to this. So you're telling, okay, so you're telling me you find out the provost doesn't like drunks, that you expected Frasier to be crawling down the steps of his of his classroom trying to hand him a honey bun. That's what you saw coming. I didn't see that specific thing happening. You said it was by, it was by the numbers. The idea. what everyone could have predicted. The idea that he is going to embarrass him himself to this provost by being drunk yes that part was predictable it's not as good a version but it reminded me a lot of the episode where fraser first starts his practice in season 11 fucking crazy oh yeah go back check out that episode but the all of that episode builds to him being a psychopath in front of missy pile (laughs) right Right. well see i'm laughing just remembering that i think that's just a completely different world first of all the sure the the things that happen uh, that get us there feel more novel and specific and interesting and believable that they would happen in the way that they do. And the the payoff is so crazy outrageous. Like the things he's doing are so crazy in that scene. In this scene, yeah, he's he looks crazy, but I don't even understand why he's crawling around and acting drunk. Like the idea that he's acting drunk is the joke. But uh, like I have to believe something that just doesn't make sense that if you get an EpiPen, you become a drunk person. Like an EpiPen is alcohol. Like that doesn't work. Well, all of you people that are allergic to bees that also use EpiPens at Curtis and tell him why he's why he's so foolish. That'd be great for all of us. At Reverse Psych Pod. <laughs> My, my sister-in-law mentioned that she had uh, not seen the episode yet, but she had read a little bit online, some of the buzz online about this episode. Get it, Buzzby? Oh, oh, great. What a runner. <laughs> and she said that uh, this was a pretty well-received episode that people online were really chattering about how great this one was. Uh, so I got to ask you, for you, was this good, bad, or ugly? Yeah, I think it totally tracks. I think this is easily the best episode we've seen from a storyline. I like the way that they built it. I actually thought, unlike you i thought the freddy and david both felt way more palatable liked a lot of it honestly i mean okay the parts you didn't like i like i hear it you have to suspend disbelief 
for some moments. I don't think as much as you're saying, but I will say you've talked me down a little bit. I really did like this episode on first watch uh, and easily think it's the best one we've seen. How turkey drunk were you when you watched this episode? I was very full. I mean, I had already... I had had turkey eight hours prior, so I was, uh, you know, just struggling through the trip to fam. You were as drunk as a man who had been stung by a bee. Maybe, you know what? I, I did stab myself with an EpiPen, so maybe that was the problem. We've watched a lot of these episodes. You have consistently, I think, been a little bit uh, more positive about what we've gotten than me. Um, and you've turned me around. On a lot of these episodes, I go in pretty pessimistic, and I wind up liking the episode better after talking with you. That is not the case here. I think you've talked me down of this one more than I usually talk you up on yeah. the other ones. I, I think this one was probably my least favorite. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, the f- no, it wasn't. The first two episodes are rough as shit, but I at least can forgive that they're finding their legs. This is deep in the season. This is near the end. It should not be this sloppy. I I think this is boring, first and foremost. I didn't get a kick out of most of the hijinks. I just didn't think it was that funny. Maybe I was just in a bad mood because I was taking time out of my Thanksgiving day to watch this thing. (laughs) But uh, I I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't see any point to any of it. And um, I didn't think the characters were better. Who did you watch it with? I watched it alone. I don't believe you. Who? You you watched it with someone who made a snide comment and that ruined you. Actually, had you just been talking to your whole family and they shat on Frasier for a new Frasier for a while and then you watch this episode that might have happened I think you came in negative that's what happened it's a really good point because I absolutely could have made this a group viewing I instead like a person experienced shame just went up quietly to my <laughs> my bedroom and watched it with headphones uh, on my laptop so that feels like how David would have handled the situation well next week we are going to be back with yet another bonus episode it's going to be episode 9 selling out well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. And uh, I know uh, a lot of you have been, uh, you know, watching the show and enjoying the new Frasier. And you probably also like classic Frasier. So you should be listening to all of our episodes, even the ones that aren't about this season. Because, you know, they're fun. And if you don't, you're a dummy. Don't be a dummy. Don't be a David. Yeah, don't be a David. Be a Freddy. Ugh, I don't love that, but all right. Wait, be an, be Alan. an Alan. Be an Alan. <laughs> Alan wouldn't give a fuck. He would just listen because it was there. Anyway... Because it was there. Bye, Listen, because it's there. bitches. <laughs>